Thanks for everybody for joining tonight. This is uh, it's going to be a little bit different episode. We're uh, pretty excited to bring on two of the most uh, knowledgeable people in this industry. I'm sure some of you guys follow uh, both of them. You've probably had some interactions with, uh, with a friend here, Adam Russell, who uh, if you've talked to Mountain View Seeds here on Instagram, that's the guy you're talking to. And uh, Dr. Greg Munshaw, who's uh, the grass doctor. So before we get started here, first of all, I want to say, uh, please, you know, raise a glass and keep off the grass. <laughs> off the grass. Back in my Sean's Midwest lawn here tonight. So one That's thing I call, encourage I'm gonna do encourage uh, I know we talk about this a lot. Um, please, this is definitely an episode because we do have like just true experts on here tonight. Mm-hmm. You got questions about grassy, turf, whatever. I don't care if it's literally just tell me what Kentucky bluegrass is, or you want to learn about harvesting, things about seed, whatever, hit us up in the chat. We're going to try and do our best to, uh, to filter through these, try to get, um, you know, our questions answered and stuff, but please do, uh, anything you guys want to know, please do put it in the chat and we'll do our best to hit it up. But, uh, you know, I'd like to start, I mean, uh, for both of you guys, I'll just, I'll start with, uh, with Dr. Greg. Can you guys just give us a little bit of a background on, uh, you know, who you guys are? Sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, tickled to be on with you tonight. And uh, obviously, I tune in almost every week and uh, heckle maybe a little bit in the chat uh, bar, but uh, it's, it's nice to, to be on this side of it. Um, so, you know, I, my name is the, the Grass Doctor, and I'm actually a doctor. How about that? I've got a PhD in turf grass science and uh, have been in this industry for a long time. Uh, and up until last May, I was a professor, uh, worked at uh, Mississippi State University and the University of Kentucky for a bunch of years. And uh, when this opportunity came up with Mountain View, it was just a no brainer to, uh, to move in and, uh, and work with these guys. Great company, great products, great people. It just made, made total sense. And so I've been here since May, uh, still learning the seed industry. Uh, and so uh, Mr. Russell is much more knowledgeable on the ins and outs of the uh, the day-to-day dealings, but uh, my s- uh, specialty is general agronomy, and so I, I answer a lot of questions on how do you grow grass, or what's wrong with my grass, or you know what's going on with my soil test, uh, and so those are the kind of questions I'm I'm good at. Adam, yeah, so I'm I'm kind of like a really low end. Robin to Greg's Batman. So uh, he's like 10 times as smart as I am. Uh, I'm, I'm the director of product development from Mountain View. I've, I've been in this industry for, I guess, going on 11 years now. You know, I've kind of done everything, lawn maintenance, uh, sports turf maintenance, uh, golf course construction, University of Georgia landscape architect, you know, is my degree. And, you know, I've, I've been on this side the the industry side uh, for 11 years. So I do everything from social media to, you know, helping name our cultivars to working with universities on research to our sod licensing side to, you know, just the general sales. So I'm like the ultimate slash hybrid guy. They just, they let me get involved in everything. And, and that's kind of what I love to do, you know, so uh, very fortunate to be with a company that just, just lets me run and, and do whatever. Hey, so I, I've, I've been hearing some, uh, some stuff floating around about some potential uh, grass seed shortage. What's, what's that all about? Yeah, so I'll, I guess I'll help with that. Um, so we've got a couple of factors, you know, at, at play, right? And, and so a lot of them are a bit unprecedented. 
One is pandemic demand, you, you know, uh, lawn and garden retail, a lot of people in their homes, you know, for the last year and continuing even now. And, and so a lot of them have turned to their lawns and, and started to work on them more, more DIY, more, you know, lawn and landscape. Uh, and, and all of that has filtered in, into more <laughs> demand for our product, more eyes on our industry. And, and so you take a, a harvest that we have, you know, kind of a once a year type deal. Uh, where we grow a crop for the entire year, harvest it, and then we draw down a big pile. What we've got is a lot more people coming for that pile. All the species, everything that we sell as an industry, not just Mountain View. Um, and, and so we've got that, you know, mm-hmm. layered onto a harvest that we'll say haven't been ideal maybe for the last two years, especially on something like perennial ryegrass and, and quickly tall fescue you know, maybe becoming a problem, you know, into the fall and, and out to spring 2022. So you've got that, you know, layered on to pandemic demand, more people wanting to see. And you've had some consolidation in our industry where, you know, you've had some companies that have been purchased or, or are in agreement to be purchased. Um, or we have been involved in one ourselves and still are, in, in fact, trying to close on that agreement. Uh, to to buy another seed company or a parent company, which is a, an agricultural cooperative. So you have large amounts of seed that are getting taken out of uh, the professional and the DIY market and going completely into retail because of how big the retail push has been uh, with the pandemic demand. And, and then you layer that on with less than ideal crop harvest. Uh, you know, you, you've got a gap. So we've got to get back over that and plant more seed and, you know, hopefully get more into the ground. And in this case, not plant too much, you know, it's just as important as not having enough is we can't have piles and piles of seed because then we'll crash the price and there'll be too much. And, you know, not, not a, uh, not a lot of people will, you know, be able to, to have what they want, I guess, when they want it. So uh, it's a delicate, you know, dance, it's a big industry. And so we're just trying to keep up with the economics of it, but yes, you know, perennial ryegrass, tall fescue will be short as an industry, you know, and so getting with suppliers, people that you trust, distributors, you know, the, the end users that we value, you know, talking to those people and having, having an understanding of what, yeah, what this fall is going to be like, because it's, it's not going to be this huge crunch, but yeah, we are, we are going to be tight. So um, I think it's important to, to get that out in front of people and, and kind of let them know so they can start preparing. It's not going to be a big panic you know, we don't want some kind of a bank run on all our grass seed, but it's important for us to, to tell people that, hey, yeah, that there is there is a bit of a shortage. So, Hey, Adam, how's, uh, how's the consolidation in the industry with the merger and acquisition type of activity going on? How do you see that impacting your industry moving forward here? Yeah, I mean, in some ways, it's, it, I think personally, my opinion is some of it's necessary, you know, and, and then some of it, you know, has kind of been by surprise. The moves that have been made have been somewhat unprecedented in, in how they're working, um, you know, and so that's affected our industry, maybe in a negative way. So you have, you know, the the kind of the first domino to start was uh, Barenbrug making the purchase of Jacqueline Seed Company. I, I think a good move by them, you know, I, I think they'll do well, you know, with, with having the company inside their ranks. Um, and so you, you had that acquisition and, and then that agreement uh, been followed up by an agreement that's still tentative, but, you know, Scott's uh, and so Scott's retail. So Scott's lawn uh, was bought and are buying Columbia seeds. 
Uh, so Columbia Seeds was a, a, a well-respected uh, seed house and, and fairly large, especially on some, you know, some species like perennial ryegrass. And so that was really the unprecedented one where the demand and, and the bet by Scott's is so big uh, from what they're seeing and, and their pressure at retail that they felt it necessary to go out and buy a seed company you know, and take all that inventory and, and push it in the retail. And so mm-hmm. that's what's different is that you've got all the inventory that was sitting there and, and then you've taken it completely into one sector of an industry and, and you've left the other people somewhat scrambling. That's not usually how it works. We generally wind down inventory over, over a number of years, um, you know, and so that part has really left us all scrambling because, you know, as Columbia had distributors, end users, people that they dealt with, now those people may not have access to that seed going forward and, and they've got to find something else to take care of their customers. So that was the one that, that has really moved the meter where it went from, okay, yeah, we're a little bit short to, okay, now we're really short. Now we've got to make hard decisions with our distributors, with our end users, you know, and get the word out and tell people like, yes, we know this is going to be a problem. You know, we'll get over it. We can, we can adapt just like any other industry, but it may take, you know, it may take a year, year and a half, maybe even two years to get over that. So, now Adam, let me ask you this: When you say retail, um, are you talking like to the end user, to you know DIY home people, like like big box stores? That was something that Lawn yeah. Romance asked in the chat. Are you talking specifically like Home Depot, Lowe's, Ace? Yeah, you look at where you find Scotts, you know, Ace Hardware, you know, um, you know Home Depot, uh, you know Lowe's type places. So yes. So instead of going to, you know, a local wholesale distributor, you know, a professional end user, a lot of that's international, you know, all of that's going into U.S. domestic retail. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so, yes, yeah, so that that pull over and, and that immediate need, that demand driving that immediate need to have that in, that mm-hmm. that's what's making this somewhat of an unprecedented push because there's a hole there now for a, a certain group of people in this industry and, and they've got to go find it to make sure they're taking care of everybody. So, so yeah, it, it's, um, it, it's different, you know, it's something that we're figuring out the pandemic somewhat left us scrambling and figuring out how we're going to do business. And, and I think we've all done pretty well, but you know, now there's, there is the challenge, you know, so um, you know, we'll do it like we always do. Our, our farmers are great. They're adaptive. I mean, they're diverse, you know, it's not just grassy that a lot of these farms do. It's, you know, they do everything from wine grapes to hemp to Christmas trees to, you know, grass seed. And, and the way that they grow it is just one part of their diverse operations. And, the, and they do that so they don't get outlaid capital wise and, 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 you know, go in one direction and get hurt when a market changes, whether it's row crops or turf grass or hazelnuts, you know. So a lot of crops are grown in the Willamette Valley, which is where the majority of your, your cool season grass is grown uh, for the entire world, really. So a lot of challenges, um, but we, we, you know, we think we can control it. We've got a lot of good partners, a lot of good, good seed companies in the industry that, that we align with. And uh, we're all, we all seem to be on the same page. So I think we'll get it figured out. Uh, just, just maybe give us a year and, and make sure what you need, you've got committed and, and, you know, your people are taking care of you into the fall and, and maybe even into the spring, you know, for what you want to do with your lawns. And how, how do you, I mean, how do you even go about growing grass seed that, that gets to us? I mean, you mentioned a little bit about, you know, the farmers that you work with, but can you, yeah. can you talk, you know, what does that actually mean? Like, how do you grow grass seed? 
Yeah, and so, you know, it's it's kind of a, a different turn of the dial from the way you guys grow it. I think a lot of people are surprised at the chemicals that we use. Uh, you know, we use PGRs, you know, out in Oregon. You know, we use them for different reasons, right, than, than maybe what you do. We're, we're looking at seed yield. We're looking at getting a, you know, a, a crop to stand up. You know, a lot of people don't understand the size of what we grow when when grass seed heads out and how tall it is and then we combine it and then we dry it in the fields and then you know we windrow it and we take it in and and we clean it you know and clean all the the chaff and the dirt and the dead seed and we try to get you the cleanest most pure you know highest germinating seed we can so we test it uh, then we use outside agencies to have blue tag certified seed and and then a very tight bottleneck window. You know, usually in July we're making making our harvest for most of our species of cool season grass, and then we're trying to get that out to market for fall. And and so you know, always a bottleneck and always a really precise dance of you know millions of pounds of seed coming in, you know millions of pounds on order to get out, you know, to distributors to get out to everybody in the world. Uh, it's an amazing thing over you know a month and a half, two months for the big rush. And, um, you know, it's, it's really neat to see everybody pull together. I mean, it's a 24 hour operation, seven days a week in the Valley, you know? And so there's a lot of people with their livelihoods on the line and, and they seem to produce every single year. Uh, but yeah, you grow it, you know, all year long. So as soon as it's over, as soon as the big rush is over in fall, you know, a lot of people are turning the page and beginning to plant again, you know, right there. Some people plant in spring, you know, depends on the species, but they're, there's just a continuous cycle, you know, you're either, you're either growing or you're shipping it out. So we, we do it all year long and, and it really is fascinating, you know, to see how many species in such a, a really centralized location, small valley, you know, comparatively speaking, and, and it produces this amazing output, you know, uh, with the millions of pounds that we do. Hey, I, I got a question for Dr. Greg, you know, speaking about grass seed and the process that goes into that, what what makes the warm season grasses different? Why, why do you have to buy like plugs or sod? How come you can't buy like St. Aug seed or Bermuda? Well, maybe you can get Bermuda, but what's different about warm season grasses versus the, the cool season grasses? Oh, good question. There's, uh, you can get some seed for, for uh, warm season grasses, but, but not all. Um, <clears throat> you can also, back in the old days anyways, for some of the cool season grasses, you could only get vegetative material for like creeping bank grass. People would plug or, or sprig putting greens. Um, Kentucky bluegrass was, was sodded an awful lot, but, uh, so, um, there are seeded, seeded zoysia grasses. They just don't do very well. They're, they're very slow to, to establish and, and get going. And so, People just prefer to plug or sprig because it takes so long. Uh, there are seeded Bermuda grasses. We sell one that's uh, pretty stinking good, um, but compared to a vegetative type, they're not as good. And so you'll see a lot more vegetative types of warm season grasses than seeded types because so genetically think about <clears throat> if a plant makes, if there's, if there's uh 1.2 million pounds of, there's 1.2 million seeds in a pound, you've got a whole bunch of genetic variation in that pound. And so just like your siblings are all different from each other, nothing's ever gonna be quite the same. With the vegetatives, they're exactly the same as the parent. So whatever you're planting is exactly the same as is coming off the sod field. And if that sod field is really good and fine, your lawn is gonna be fine. 
with the seeded types because they're all kind of commony, bigger plants. They're not all that attractive anyways, um, compared to the vegetatives anyways. They, uh, um, they, yeah, they, they, they just don't look as good. And that, that's, that differences between the seed uh, doesn't help there. Awesome. I knew I had least, we got at least one warm season in there. And I know he was, he was wondering about that. He's my, he's my younger brother. He's, he's got a, uh, oh, I don't know what, what kind of grass he's got. I forget now, but it's, it's warm season something. So yeah, hey, there's a really, really good warm seasons. And, you know, a lot of times on this, on this uh, live cast, you guys talk about uh, cool season grasses an awful lot, but man, there's some really, really pretty warm season grasses, but obviously you just can't grow them uh, in a lot of the country. They have to be transition zone south or with St. Augustine or centipede grass, even farther south than that. And so uh, they don't maybe get as much love as the cool season grasses, but, uh, but some really good grasses out there. And for you guys growing them in the south, you've got your challenges. It's, there's some, some tough issues with diseases on St. Augustine on Bermuda grass that you have to deal with and uh, uh, but, but some really pretty grasses. You tell them, Doc. You tell them. <laughs> Talking to your customers. You tell them, Doc. You know, part of our company, I think it's a good point to say, like, we're unique, right? So we always talk about cool season grass. It's the way we started. We're Mountain View Seeds. That's what we've been for 20 years. But so for us, what's unique is that, that our goal is ultimately to become, a, you know, a name that's synonymous with great turf grass. And so what we've done as a company since 2019 is that we've started into the side licensing side of, of the business. So there are universities that develop vegetative cultivars. So that's that's solder sprigs only. And, and then we plant those directly with sod farms. We grow that over time and, and then we're able to send that to you, mostly warm season. You know, so you have your Bermudas and Zoysias and St. Augustines and you know, centipedes, ultra dwarf Bermuda grasses that go on putting greens. And so Mountain View is, is separating and moving into a subdivision. We'll have a licensing side. It's, it's called MVP or Mountain View Performance Genetics. And so I'll have direction over that. There's a team, you know, that's involved. Um, Iron Cutter, you know, on the hat that, that is our Bermuda grass is our, our kind of our first product. And, and we've got it in 23 states. You know, we're, we're moving hopefully into Zoysia by next year. And, and then we'll continue to add products that, that get into your lawns for warm season uh, that also will show up on your golf courses and, and your sports turf uh, and hopefully make, you know, better solutions and, and easier lawns for you to take care of in the future. We want St. Augustine, you know, that next generation of St. Augustines. And so we try to talk to warm season universities, you know, all across the country uh, that are leading the way with this research. And, and we're observing those, you know, the process of doing this for, any cultivar, whether it's cool season or warm season, it, it takes a long time. I'd say the average is about 10 years from when we start looking at something to where we, we decide to commercialize it, you know? And so by the time we get there, you know, we figured out there's no flaws, fatal flaws, at least, you know, we're ready to release. And, and it's kind of like letting your kid out in the world, you know, we're, we're uh, you know, we're really proud of what we do, but we, we also release them because we think there are significant benefits to using it versus cultivars that have come before. There's something that we see in our research that says, yes, hey, this is this is better than the previous generation. You know, whether that be cool or warm season, we want Mountain View to be on both sides of that, you know? And so I, I think we're headed in that direction for, for both really, you know, so it'll be cool. You mentioned, you know, Mountain View partnering with like sod farms to get yeah. turf out. You know, that 
that's how you guys kind of do it to get turf into like sports stadiums. Right. So do you want to talk a little bit about how, you know, what stadiums you're, you're kind of working with what, and what the difference is uh, yeah. you know, actually like managing like a sports turf, uh, sports turf environment. Real quick, Adam, let me jump in here. So yeah, there, there are some sod farmers that have, have picked up uh, 365S is the big one. That's, uh, that's really taken off for uh, sod producers in the North. But it's, it's after the sod producers have seen how well the grasses have done on university testing sites. They test at their own farms to make sure that it's something that they're happy with, that they can lift it with sod, and that they're happy with the quality of the grass, and they think that it can go to these big venues. And then they move forward uh, with it after that. So sorry to cut you off there, Adam. No, you're good. I mean, it's a, it's a really long process when you do sports turf and golf, some of those, some of the guys that grow, you know, the, the sports turf side that goes into these facilities. I mean, amazing job. I mean, the inputs and the way they carry this and, and the way that they're growing this, you know, 12 to 18 months sometimes, you know, that they're on top of this just to get it dense enough to be able to handle the wear, you know, that, that sports put on it, whether it's NFL, you know, soccer, baseball, they all have different stresses, you know, the regional differences, some, some guys ship, you know, halfway across the country. And, and how's that sod going to react in Oklahoma if you cut it in New Jersey, you know, versus Massachusetts for the same grass, you know? So all of that has to get, come into account. And so I, I think they do the most amazing job. We, we're very fortunate to have certain partners, you know, people like, like Tuckahoe Turf in New Jersey that has, has really helped our ramp up, you know, of 365 SS where they started looking at it and, and were one of the first and, and trialed it, you know, and, and then saw a benefit, you know, for their farms, for their operations, you know, and saw an opportunity to make it their game day side is the brand that they have now. And, and so we're able to benefit from going to, to all these great facilities, you know, just by having great partnerships with them and working directly with Tuckahoe. And so they really deserve all the credit. We do the research up until a point, but for us, you know, we want to spend all our money in the research side give our partners the best seed that we can, this vegetative cultivars that we can. And, and then we send it out into the world through them. So without them, you know, we're, we're not as visible, you know, versus another company um, maybe that we would be if we try to do the research and the sales of it ourselves, you know, so we, we need every single one of the, the Tuckahoe's or the distributors that we have. Uh, they're, they're vitally important to our business. Yeah, I mean, take a take a humble brag second and tell us where you know what stadiums and sports teams have your have your turf. You know, that, yeah, that's always yeah. cool to find out. Yeah, the, the <laughs> first two you know that I always bring up are the you know the Rose Bowl. We're very fortunate and have been the the official field service of the Rose Bowl. Um, that's done you know through West Coast Turf and the superintendents and the grounds crew there that does an amazing job. Uh, formerly it was Will Schnell, now it's Miguel Yepes. Uh, really a phenomenal crew. Uh, West Coast Turf does an amazing job of, of growing the sod in, you know, and so we're just kind of fortunate enough to send the seed down and, and, and they do amazing things with it, right? So the Rose Bowl is kind of our, our premier one. Everybody watches it on TV. We're, we're so fortunate to have that. Uh, they're really innovative. It's now a blue muta field. And, and so now it's a Kentucky bluegrass interseeded or actually overseeded into a, a Bermuda grass base. You know, and so that makes them one of the more cutting edge, even when sports fields across the nation. And, and it, it was done because of their region and what the ability that they wanted to handle traffic and stress, you know, throughout their game, specifically the Rose Bowl game, uh, you know, to make sure that, you know, everything is safe and playable and, 
and uh, they just do a phenomenal job. Uh, Virginia Tech Athletics, uh, they are another uh, sponsorship or a, a partner that we have. And, and so we've been able to take a premier research university, someplace that, that does a lot of research on turf grass, you know, places where we can take our experimental cultivars that we, we don't know if they're going to become anything commercial yet, if we're going to release something to you guys, but then take it to, to Blacksburg, Virginia, you know, and test both, both in research plots, you know, but also have situations where we can test things on game fields and, and really see that in situ trial, you know, and, and to have that is, is vital for us. You know, it's a lot of knowledge that, that we get in a short amount of time. So that they've been great partners of just, completely throwing it out there wherever they can lane stadium you know we we've had out of play areas we we've had you know really all over the campus they've jumped in with both feet they've challenged us which has been cool they said hey we got to have x y and z in blacksburg virginia uh cold tolerance for perennial ryegrass is is huge for them you know and so we were able to to take a couple of their metrics there hey i gotta have you know this in blacksburg virginia marry it up with the intep trial data that we had and and turn around and say hey we think we think this is going to be the best for you then then plant it you know and and then have success with it uh, because of their effort and how good they are at growing it but but also we're marrying science with effort so it, it's been really cool to see kind of those two partnerships uh tuckahoe has been phenomenal you know they they've taken it all over you know with nfl so I mean, just last year, you know, you've got the Chicago Bears, you've got the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, you've had the Washington Nationals, you've had the New York Mets, um, you've had various minor league stadiums. Uh, so we're just, we're extremely fortunate. You know, we like to do a lot of trials at sports fields and, and in golf. Uh, so, so we always try to get our grass out and prove itself, right? Like the data is one thing internally, but for us, it's, it's getting it out to the people, you know, so that we can see it in, in every location we possibly can. And we feel confident enough in our stuff that we'll put it up against anybody, anywhere, anytime, you know, because the worst case is it fails and we learn something, you know, and we learn something at that, at that facility, whether it's, you know, sports turf or, or somebody's lawn, you know, so that's kind of how we operate. And those, those partners are just, they're crucial, you know, for us to continue to innovate and develop, you know, what is the next best thing for perennial ryegrass, tall fescue, Kentucky bluegrass, you know, it's just really important. Real quick, I thought it was really cool while you're hitting on that. I thought it was really cool when you were telling us about the new Field of Dreams uh, MLB stadium in Iowa. You know, maybe talk on that real quick as far as how it was a blind study and they picked you guys, just maybe hit on that real quick. Yeah, so, you know, just just fortunate enough, I mean, you know, crazy got canceled. Um, you know, Murray Cook and, and his staff there have been tending it for, I mean, really a solid year and a half, you know, and and just we were we were able to be selected, you know, versus some other Kentucky bluegrass blends. We had a, a partner that really helped us at the sod farm. So central Wisconsin sod, we had the distributor that that was really the reason why we were able to get in it. Uh, that's advanced turf solutions. And, and so you start to see these partnerships, you know, that come to fruition. Like by the time we get to the field, there's been so much effort usually between a distributor whether it's a rep or the upper management, you know, the science of Greg and myself and a university, you know, the superintendent or the turf manager that, that has trialed it, you know, and so there, there's really so many people that, that have a stake in it, you know, and so by the time you get to the point where they say, okay, I choose you, we think, we think based on what we've seen that, that your material is one of the best, you, you know, that, that we are oftentimes just kind of grateful that we're in the position, right? So 
all of these places. I mean, it's it's just fantastic that we've gotten to this point. And, and people that we haven't dealt with, you know, we're looking to do more with. You know, we, we try to find the people that say, hey, I've never used Mountain View Seas before. Some people have never heard of us at all, you know. And so we want to have a positive impact on those people by either, you know, doing trial work or testing or you know, whatever it is. But, you know, a place like like the Field of Dreams is just, I mean, it's perfect, you know, because it'll it'll be on TV and, and people will love it. And the stadium looks amazing. And and the ground crew has just worked so, so hard for a year and a half to get it to where it's going to be, which is fantastic. And and then people will know their work first and, and then hopefully Mountain View as a subset of that, you know, where, I mean, my wife knows what the Field of Dreams is, you know, the, everybody's seen the movie. And so we get to tag along with that in a small way, you know, and, and our research kind of floats to the top. So we just, we feel really fortunate and grateful to be in any place like that. But it doesn't have to be, you know, the field of dreams. It doesn't have to be the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? It can be the local parks and rec. I, I mean, I personally get more enjoyment out of giving something to somebody that that doesn't have a budget or, or somebody like you guys where, you know, your lawn's struggling. It hasn't been where you wanted to. We improve the genetics. We give you, a, you know, a little bit of help of, hey, use this cultivar here. This is what the data looks like here. And, and then we improve your operation. So, I tend to get a lot more enjoyment out of the parks and rec that doesn't have a huge budget. You know, the high school that has no idea what they're doing, the, you know, lawn care where you struggle to maybe failed at something and we're able to help you succeed. You know, the, the elite guys are fun, man. They really test you, you know, but me personally, I, I like that side of it. That's, that's kind of why I got in the business is just to help people, you know? And so the ability to do that, I think that's the fun side for me. And I, I think doc's the same way, you know, I mean, I think that's why he got to, extension and, and helping as many people on the residential side as he did you know well and and to follow up on that adam um you know us putting grasses into sod farms and these the grasses going from the sod farms to the stadiums uh and and adam was being very uh, modest on that there there's some really high uh well-known venues that uh, that are growing through 65 ss but uh it's all backed by science and you know i, I NTEP, I don't know how much uh, we've discussed NTEP on, on uh, KOTG, but uh, NTEP, all of our grasses are gone th going through that program. Every one of them gets tested at universities across the country to make sure that they are okay, that they're going to do fine. If they don't, they never get released to the public. And so that's the thing that uh, when we talk about, yeah, this grass performed well somewhere or across the entire country, We've got the university data to back that up. And, uh, you know, that's that's the interesting thing about it is, you know, we're not marketing our grasses. This data speaks for themselves and, and they're just, they're tough grasses. They're pretty grasses. And uh, and they're taken off really because of those two factors. So, so. Dr. Greg, can I, uh, there's something that came up in the chat. I think this would be great to hear. So if you go to like your guys' website and people hear this from like just in general when they're evaluating turf grass, can you guys talk about what it means to be an A-list variety? Sure. Yeah. So A-List is Alliance for Low Input Sustainable Turf. And it's a collection of a number of seed companies that got together and thought, you know, how can we market our elite grasses uh, in a different way? Um, they wanted to find out, was there a number of, of their grasses that would thrive under low input situations? So less water, less chemicals, less fertilizer, maybe less mowing. Uh, let's let's 
make the conditions across the country as tough as we possibly can on these grasses and then see if there's a handful of these grasses that will thrive without doing anything to them. And so again, these are university tests that uh, that are going on there, you know, they're they're unbiased. It's not these companies that are that are making these ratings or evaluations. Um, and, and it's a completely uh, um, it's it's a nonprofit. So it's it's this group working this data out, figuring out is there a grass that can that can thrive in these situations? And if so, it has to do so for a couple of years, you know, in, in two two locations or more. Plus, it also has to do well in NTEP trials. And so these grasses really do get scrutinized to make sure that, yes, they are low input. If they're not, and most of them don't make this list, uh, but uh, if they're not, then they're just, you know, it might be a pretty grass or whatever, but not something that these companies can market on uh, for the A-list varieties. So the, the best of the best are the A-list varieties. They're worth the uh, couple of cents more per pound that you might pay for them. So I'm going to ask you this question. I, I feel like this is something we could go for like four hours on, but just like at a high level. So I've seen in the chat, people have asked about NTEP. I know it's something that, that people talk about, something that I'm obviously myself interested in. So when you guys, you say you put, you know, a lot of your cultivars in there to get tested. So how do you guys determine for your, for your own business, like how you proceed with, you know, evaluating the, the, the NTEP results and what you ultimately try to like, you know, go with as far as your future, you know, I mean, what you're going to produce. I mean, how do you determine the success of those cultivars? Yeah. And then maybe how can people use NTEP? I saw a lot of questions in the chat too, about how to find a grass variety that is good for their location. So how can they use NTEP to, uh, to, to do that, to find a grass for their area? So really good questions, guys. The, the bad thing is NTEP is not really all that easy to use. Um, pages and pages and pages of data tables, and you have to dig through the, the tables to try and find the cultivar that you're interested in. And there's a whole bunch of experimental cultivars that are included in these trials that may never get named. They may, ne may never get released to the, the public. And so it is still the best thing that we've got. It's, it still gives us a whole bunch of great data on disease and how quickly they germinate and all of that stuff. If you haven't been to NTEP, I, I strongly recommend you go and check it out. And if it's, if it's totally Greek, you know, hit me a DM on, on Instagram and I'll, uh, I'll help work you through it. But uh, um, it's, uh, it's really important. And um, you can click on your state. You can click on the states around you to see how well does this cultivar that I'm interested in do in my state or the other states that it's been tested in that are similar to mine. Um, and so when we enter grasses into, um, into the NTEP trials, it's kind of a shotgun approach. Our breeder that we have in-house, uh, Peak Plant Genetics, uh, which breeds all of our, uh, our, our tall fescues and printed ryegrasses, bluegrasses, et cetera. Um, they will observe things on the farm that look interesting and then they'll enter into the NTEP trials if they look interesting enough. And then they'll be tested. Obviously, if they do well, we'll keep paying attention to them. But the thing that matters more than really anything else is, does the grass produce seed? Because if it doesn't have a seed yield that the farmer can actually go out and harvest and put into bags for you all to buy, then it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good of a cultivar it is, how well it tested, if there's no seed available to it. And so there's a whole bunch of factors that go on and go into getting one of these cultivars released, but uh, it, it has to be, it has to perform really well. 
And so basically it's the top statistical group that really, really matters for the elite varieties. Uh, and that's a whole nother conversation with stats. But, uh, and then again, does it, does it produce uh, any seed yield? So really important, yeah. It's, it's complicated though. Yeah, and it's the, the National Turf Grass Evaluation Program. Is that what NTEP yep. stands for, right? Yeah, yep. NTEP.org. This is off the wall. First off, I apologize for the intro. Ten, 10 episodes, one episode didn't go smooth in the beginning. Come on. But uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so, so ryegrass is the best grass type I can plant in my lawn, in my home lawn to have the best lawn, right? I mean, everybody's doing it. Ryegrass is oh. the number one homeowner lawn, right? Oh. Am I wrong? You're, yeah. you're not going to pick a fight. <laughs> Gloves coming off. That's what Zach does. Oh, Zach, you got you bag that ryegrass? <laughs> I'll take. So, I mean, I'll take you wanna, it. Yeah, go, go ahead. You take no, it. I'll, I'll just say. I'll just. I'll say this. If you want to watch some pretty videos on YouTube that don't mean a whole lot of anything, you'll see ryegrass. Oh, oh, a shot's fired. Shot <laughs> that one they call it. Bring it I can take it. I mean, honestly, for us, like ryegrass is pretty. It stripes up. It's easy to grow, right? We want people to do things that are easy for their lawn. You know, we want people to grow a beautiful lawn, but we also want people to go do something else, right? Like you guys are different from the majority of the people that we sell to because you like to do this. This is a hobby for you. But when we think about stuff. We think about it from, you know, when we're building a cultivar and researching it, you know, which one uses the least amount of water, you know, chemicals, fertility, you know, which, which one's going to mow, you know, with a lesser frequency than, than maybe another cultivar, because we want you to have a beautiful lawn that you don't have to do anything to by planting Mountain View seeds. So you can do, go do something else. So you can go hang out with your family, you know, and so for a lot of people, you know, they like to be intense and, and, you know, high input on something like perennial ryegrass. And so for people like us in, in the business that do this, you know, we're more interested in seeing how little we can get away with. And, and so that's, you know, that's one of the reasons why, you know, you guys' lawns are spectacular, right? Like mine looks like trash. You know, I do this all the time. Like my yard's terrible. It's a all Bermuda grass lawn. And, you know, my, my standard maintenance practices are just like benign neglect. Like I want to put it just on the edge of dying, you know, so nobody asks me questions, you know, and tries to figure out what I really do. And I think most guys that are in this business are kind of like that. Like you see their, their home lawns, they don't want to fool with it anymore because we do this almost seven days a week. Right. But when, when we're giving you something, you know, whatever cultivars, the new tall fescues that will release, then we want to give you something better and easier, you know, than what you have. So for us, you know, perennial ryegrass is maintenance intensive, it's input intensive. And so we tend to prefer, you know, tall fescue, you know, and, and maybe even getting into some of the lower input warm seasons in certain parts of the country, you know, far, farther north. Yeah, you, you kind of have to have it. Um, but but we would rather see, you know, fine fescues, you know, in, in the upper Midwest, you know, in the Northeast, we would would rather see lowered input type grasses uh, that we can. Well, I, th I think, that, I mean, for me, I mean, I, I mean, you guys are two guys. I'd love to hear that. So you're in Atlanta and Dr. Greg, where are you at? Illinois. Oh, you're in Illinois. Okay. Illinois. So, so what, what are your, yeah. I mean, if you were to, to give us like kind of the distribution of your turf types in your lawns, what are they? 
I'm I'm all Bermuda grass. You know, I mean, there's certain places where I've got you know tree problems, and and I've got you know shallow oaks where I've got a lot of uh, you know roots right up at the surface that I probably need a you know either a zoysia. I need to get into cool season in certain parts, and I'm gonna try that. I've been in my house about two years, and um, but I mean the front and in this part of Atlanta, North Atlanta you know, you, you see more Bermuda grass, you know, where it used to be cool season, right? And and so it just, it became easier for the builders. It became easier for, for the people to manage it. And, it. and it is, I do very, very little to my lawn. I've never watered it, um, you know, don't have any irrigation on it. It's, it's really just a little bit of urea and some pre-emergent, you know, and, and that's cool for me. That's all I want it to be. And it's, it's right on par with my neighbors, you know, I mean, I, I think it looks terrible, but my neighbors can't tell the difference, you know, and so if I wanted to make it look nice, I, I probably could, but at the end of the day, I really don't want to, you know, but it, it keeps me from having to use you know, water and inputs and paying for that, you know, where when I'm, I'm working with other people, you, you know, trying to guide them towards that. Um, and that's, that's our goal as a company. We want to give you a cultivar, that you, you don't have to do any of that. The holy grail, I think, of turf grass breeding is no water, no fertilizer, no chemicals, and it looks gorgeous. We're, we're not there. We may never get there, but that's the goal, you know, mm. so that's where we want to go as a company. So, guys, let me ask you this. I mean, um, you know, obviously, your seed and what you offer is super different than what um, somebody would find going to one of the big box stores that we talked about a little bit. What do you, what would you say is this kind of like, I don't know, the top couple factors, right? That sets apart um, a standard kind of big box store seed from a premium seed like Mountain View seeds. So, you know, not to beat anybody up uh, because there's yeah, of course, different yeah. places for different grasses, obviously. And, and some people just like Adam said, they don't care, right? They, they just want a ground cover. So whatever they plant is good enough. Uh, most of the grass that, that, that you're going to see in the box stores, not all, but most of them haven't been tested. They, you won't find them in NTEP trials. That's not every company, but a lot of them are that way. Um, it's usually the very older varieties that are included in the big box stores. So things that maybe were tested in the 90s or early 2000s uh, are what you often find. And so my issue with either untested or old varieties is that... Um, as you go along, as, as Adam just said, we're striving for better and better grasses. And as we go through every one of these testing cycles, the grasses continuously get better. Um, somebody asked in the live chat uh, a little while ago, what's, what's our favorite tall fescues? And, and uh, Adam threw out Raptor 3. And I, I agree with him, Raptor 3 is a great grass uh, that finished right at the top of the previous Antep trial that ended a couple of years ago. So because it ended at the top of that trial, it got included as a standard in the current trial that's going on right now against all the new genetic material that's out there. It's now dropped from number, I think it was 0.1 from the top variety in the last trial. It's now dropped down like 21 spaces. There are a whole bunch of experimentals that are better than mm. it because of these breeding programs. And so uh, by using old genetics or things that were never tested, it's, it's cheap seed typically. Um, that's just, it's, it's not going to hold up as well during tough environmental times and, and uh, never going to look as good as the professional grade seed. <laughs> not to say that it's horrible, but it's, it's just, it is what it is. 
Mm -hmm. so speaking of chapter yep. uh, three, you know, and, and I think Adam mentioned, you know, potentially up to 10 years to, to bring a, a new cultivar to market. Um, I just got to ask, you know, with some of these names like Avenger and Raptor and Slugger and Fastball, these are some pretty, pretty awesome names. What, what goes into naming these products? You know, how do you guys come up with these, these fire names, Blackstone, Black Cat? I mean, these are some pretty, pretty cool names. I, I, I work in pharmacy, so there's a whole science behind the naming of drugs, but I'm sure it sounds like you guys have a lot more fun coming up with names. And I, I haven't heard of Mountain View Seed until recently, but I certainly, you know, heard some of these names, Titanium and Screamer. I mean, these are all names that you'll see on some of these premium seed bags mixed in there. What, what goes into that for you guys when it comes to naming something you're going to bring to market? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's part of my role as director of product development. It's something I'd never done until I got with Mountain View. And, and so it's fascinating, right? The, the way I tell people, it's like naming a racehorse, you know? So if you name a thoroughbred <laughs> and, and you log that name, no one else can have it. You know, much the same as the medical industry with a, a chemical, you know, or a drug. And, and so, you know, there's a database with United States Department of Agriculture where we come up with all these names and then we run them through the database. And usually it's a perennial ryegrass from like 1960 that nobody's ever heard of that will kick you out and just kill your names. But I mean, we'll come up with list upon list of these names that we want to have. But what we're searching for is something that, yeah, is, is aggressive, you know, but memorable, you know, and something that if we hit on something that, that the industry tells us is good, you know, a firecracker, a titanium, these ones that we've had, family names almost 10 years now we're on third and fourth generations of those parent lines in the research you know we want to continue that so people have the security of buying that so even if we come out with a new firecracker so let's say in the fall we're going to come out with firecracker gls you know versus what we have now which is firecracker sls you know and so those those end you know initials acronym mean something you know in this case the g is for gray leaf spot tolerance um, and the LS is for lateral spread, but we want to continue that firecracker name because there's so many people that said, okay, well, it's a new one. As long as it's in that firecracker family, you know, we trust that because I've used that before. And, and so we want to do that with all our names and, and make them memorable. You know, we introduced new names, um, you know, stealth that will be a new family name that'll come in for a tall fescue. And so, yeah, we want to catch people's attention with that. It's an aggressive name. It, it's a stealth bomber for the logo. You know, and so we had to trial that out and throw that out to the USDA and say, is this available? And they come back and say, yes, you can, you can have this name, you know, and so then we log that and then nobody else can have it. So, yeah, the Blackstones, the Legends, the Blue Notes, the, you know, any of our species, when we go to name them, we have to do something different. But we want things like, like perennial ryegrass, if you notice, are all baseball terms, you know, so there's Grand Slam and Slugger and Home Run and fastball, you know, and slider. And so we like to stick to that so people get used to that. And hopefully, even if they don't know Mountain View, they're, they're like, hey, what's the company with the baseball terms? That's really good ride. <laughs> you know, a lot of people function that way. So we want to we do that in our naming, right? And so that's, that's kind of what we go for. We want to tell a story. We hope there's a story behind it, you know, and, and we want to continue the breeding side. But yeah, it is it is a dance to name it. There's been so many good names that I thought we had something and, and they end up going on the trash heap because somebody else had it and nobody's ever heard of it, but it can't be yours if somebody else has got it, you know? So it's a, it's a pretty fascinating process, honestly. Now I heard something else too. I heard, uh, 
you guys might have brought something to uh to to give away to to our viewers tonight yeah giveaway all right so we're gonna we're gonna spin the wheel so i actually <laughs> i actually got two let's see if it'll if it'll bring up here so we got we got the official gray hat oh that's the hat right there so we got yeah. it's becoming the hat um but we got the uh, gray trucker Man, am i the only yeah, one so, have an mbs hat now and and so that's become the the you know the big hot item but then the one that i've got on is also mm. kind of reflective it's oh. it's a cutter it's a little little trucker a little silver trucker on the side and and um yeah we're gonna give that one away too so that's our our vegetated bermuda grass so the, the sod bermuda grass the sprig bermuda grass that we're slowly getting out across the country uh, that you guys can put in your lawn. Anybody that's got a, a, a Bermuda grass lawn. All right. So for everybody in the chat, so to do this giveaway, we need everybody who wants to be entered to type in MVS in the chat. So I will take down names and we'll do a will a little bit later on. So type that in and we'll get, we'll get you on the wheel of names. Now, guys, I got a question um, as well, and this came up in the chat. I forget who asked it. It might have been Tony Caber, but um, the blends. So, I, I mean, Adam, I had spoken to you, you know, on Instagram about getting some seed from you guys, and you had pointed me in the direction of a local distributor here in New Jersey. Um, so is that is kind of how you guys always are doing business, right? You have a distributor, and then that distributor would be responsible to selling to the general public and secondarily is that distributor the person who's making the blends of you know say in my case a turf type tall fescue yeah so it, it can be done both ways you know for the majority we make the blend or the mixture in oregon and and then we send to the distributor and and then they and their sales teams are responsible for getting it out to the general public, whether it's, you know, golf, sports, surf, residential, commercial landscape, um, you know, they, they are again, vital, pretty crucial to what we do because we're a small lean outfit, right? There's not a lot of us at Mountain View and, and we focus all our energy to supporting the distributors and, and then working with our budgets to push into research. And so we feel like if we can give our distributors the best, absolutely most research cultivar that we can, you know, that puts them ahead of their competition and, and gets you at a local level better than if we were to do it ourselves. If we divided our time and tried to get down to all of you, you know, at, at a level, you know, down to your, your lawn, we'd have to have so many more people uh, versus being able to partner with people that think like us, you know, that, that share our appreciation for turf grass cultivars across the country and really across the world you know, to, to work at a local level. We think that's a better way to do it. And so that's why we've always supported that. There's some people that, you know, like the side licensing where, yeah, we have to deal direct, you know, based on the way things are grown and the way, you know, contracts are written to do that part of the industry. Uh, but for grass seed, you know, we are distributor focused uh, and, and that's really how we've built the company. So, you know, we're, we're always going to defer to them and, and their expertise and, and try to help move our stuff through them, no matter where it is. So for anybody that's, you know, watching that, that wants to get into something like a, you know, a premium seed with you guys, is there a, you know, a section of your website where they can go look up a distributor or should they just reach out to you directly yeah, on Instagram? We, we, we've never really put that on our website because, you know, 
whoever floats to the top, you know, it's, it's, again, it's like cultivars and picking your favorite child, right? Like we, there's multiple people with overlaps in certain areas, right? And we don't want to tell you, hey, so-and-so is the best place to get something, you know, un unless we feel confident that there's, there's no overlaps. A lot of times we're giving people two and three and four options to say, hey, the, these are people that we trust. These are people that are authorized MVS distributors and, and we feel confident in their stock, even if it's not exact. A lot of people will come to us and say, I want these three cultivars. I want 34% of this. I want, you know, and we'll say, hey, you know, that's good. We may have that, you know, but check with this local distributor. And even if we don't, as long as they have groupings of what we think are elite names, you know, look for these and you'll be good. Mm -hmm. These work well in your areas. And then if somebody wants to get down into the weeds that deep, then then we have certain online partners like Seed Stupor Store where you can really, really dial in and, and get a straight cultivar, you know, a single cultivar. You can do it at the distributor level. Some guys have their own blenders. So we'll send straight varieties over and they can either sell them or blend them together and, and make whatever they want, or maybe even whatever you want. So, um, you know, it, it, it really, it, it goes across the whole spectrum. Um, but the main thing for us is, yeah, pushing it across to, to somebody else that has the support and the sales staff to be able to handle it. Cause we don't, there's, there's maybe, you know, for us, there's probably, you know, 10 to 15 employees, you know, that you would say were the core Mountain View employees besides the workers on our level that are blending and the farmers that we have. So we're a lean operation. So we, we really do need that, you know? Question. <clears throat> regular, regular grass seed, blue tag, possible gold tag. Ooh, yeah. Gold tag is, or sod quality seed is um, just a higher standard of germination, purity, and the, the strength of the seed test, right? And so it goes to a level that is 10 times, let's say, what the industry standard would be for distributors or standard lawn and garden, right? So, so the sod farms, you know, made a, a, a level where they said, hey, I've got to have something that's above and beyond. I've got to make absolutely sure that I don't have any weed seed, any other crop, because it, it's statistical testing. So when we go in and test and send things off to the state of Oregon and Oregon State for them to certify or for them to, you know, to come back with a seed test, there, there are certain guidelines that we have to follow, but we're only sampling a small amount of seed. And so what we call a lot of seed, L-O-T, is a 55,000 pound unit of a specific cultivar. So out of 55,000 pounds, we may only be taking most, you know, 100 grams at, at the most extreme out of that lot. And we're testing that, but that 100 grams is much, much higher and, and statistically much stronger to understand that you don't have seed or other crop seed in versus let's say an industry standard five gram or 10 gram depending on the species. So it's just a higher power. You pay more for it because it costs us more. Uh, and so for a lot of people, it's not necessary. Um, I, I only if, to me, if you get to a side farm type of a maintenance or a management, an elite sports turf or golf, would you consider it? We see people that offer it and do it, and, and that's fine. If you want to pay the money, you know, we're just going to pass it on to you. But, you know, for us, it's it's not quite as necessary 
blue tag gets you to where you need to be. You know, if, if you can get that assurance, because what that is, is just a, a contract, let's say, where an outside agency, in this case, Oregon State University, has come in, you know, we've sent samples to them and, and they've tested the seed and certified to say, hey, this, this cultivar is what they said it was. It doesn't have anything to do really with weed seed and other crop seed. It's more, are you getting what you think you're getting? You bought Valkyrie LS, you know, tall fescue, and, and an outside agency came in and said, yes, you are absolutely getting Valkyrie LS tall fescue. And that's really all the, the blue tag, you know, from an outside agency. But so, so I Adam, that's, that. a, that's a good segue. So this one thing I definitely want to cover. So, and I, I don't have a green screen, unfortunately, so it's, it's really crappy. So it's when it. somebody looks at a seed label, you talked about that, the difference between, you know, gold, blue. So if I look at a seed label and I see purity, the germination percentage, the weeds, can you give us some context between you guys? Like what would be like something that would be included in the weeds or what would be included in inner matter, other crops, what would be acceptable? Can you guys just give us some background on that? Yeah. I mean, it's different for different species, you know, and, and so right it's farming, right? So you're, you're taking, you know, a crop that you've grown all year and, and you've knocked it down and windrowed it and brought it in and cleaned it. So everything that comes with doing that, you know, dead seed, um, you know, chaff, dust, all that goes into inert matter. You, you know, if, if, if you were to put any of that or have any of that in the seed after the lot was clean, uh, you start getting into other crop and, and weeds, you know, then, then we're dividing it. For, for other crops, uh, most of the time, it's a cash crop that's grown for sale in Oregon. So you'll think annual ryegrass. Many of you would consider that a weed in your lawn, but because people sell annual ryegrass in the forage markets, in the pastures, that's a cash crop. And so we would put annual ryegrass under the other crop percentage. You know, you, you look at wheat more like plantain um, or, you know, you even get into the noxious type weeds like a, a quack grass where you're restricted from moving it into a state. Uh, you know, those are the, the really tough ones. Those are the ones that, that are absolutely no go pretty much any industry um, you know if we get them in we actually have to list a lot of times if it has noxious weeds depending on what state it goes to what that weed is and how much of it is in that on the tag but if you're just talking about certain weeds let's take rat tail fescue in you know in fine fescue seed you know that would be considered a nuisance weed uh, it can be extremely ugly in a fine fescue stand it's very common in the practice of farming to get rat tail fescue and, and it only looks extremely ugly if you get it at, at higher heights, right? So there, there are certain species where, where distributors are looking for certain weeds to be out, you know, and so they'll tell us no poa annua, no poa trivialis, you know, no rat tail. And we try to do the best job we can with it. When seed gets tight, sometimes we have to go to these, these people, you know, these distributors and say, hey, you know, we got to give you X, you know, this is the best we can do to get your seed blended. And so I tell people, no matter what, is if you got a concern about what's on the seed tag, you know, ask your, your distributor, ask the person you got your seed from, hey, what's this test to look like? You know, because we have access to a lot of the tests and we can show you exactly what that weed is in it. Because sometimes it can just be other crop. We don't have to list anything more than that. And, and so sometimes other crop can be easily fixable, like a annual ryegrass and tall fescue. 
you know, but, but sometimes it would be problematic, like poetry vialis, which is, is used and sold for overseeding on warm season putting greens and golf courses. And so poetry vialis can end up under other crop, you know, and does end up under other crop. And so it's important to, for people to ask and say, hey, hey, what's in that? You know, just because there's weed seed in it, it, it might be fine. It might not be a problem at all in your area. It, it might be a huge problem, you know, and so just understanding that you can ask that, you know, that you can be educated on that. And anybody that's a decent supplier, like we can get that information to our distributors and to people very, very quickly, you know, so that's some other, some other stuff to look at with those seed labels too. So the germination purity, you want those as high as possible. You want a uh, high percent germination, you want high percent purity. You can calculate your pure live seed when you're doing your seed uh, uh, calculations to figure out how much material you should be putting on the lawn. But you also want to look at the testing date. If the seed is old, like several years old, the older it gets, the less viable the seed becomes. And so, you know, and that's one of the problems when you buy from some of these old hardware stores, or whatever the seed may have been on the shelf for years. If it was cold stored, probably fine. But if it sat on a shelf for, you know, four or five years, it may not germinate like that tag says it when it was tested five years ago. Is that so different by variety, Dr. Greg? Or like, what would be an acceptable, I mean, is two years fine, three years fine, a year? I mean, what would be, what would you look for on a label? So, yeah, if it's a year from uh, from testing date, you're probably fine. So, but generally after that, it goes down about 5% per year. And so the older it gets, obviously the worse it gets. Um, yeah, so tested 0120 on that uh, Seed Superstore label there. So that's, you know, that's tested a year ago. You're probably in great shape with that one. But as you get into 22 and 23, that's going to get less and less viable. Your germination percentage is going to go down and, uh, and you just won't get as many seeds germinating when you plant them. So that would be a smart thing to factor in as far as like how many pounds per thousand square inch to, to put down, would you say, as far as the, the germination rate and how old it is as well? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So you can just factor that in. If it's, if the, like that uh, germination percentage was uh, 90%, if it's three years old, subtract 15 from that and, uh, and then go with that calculation just to kind of give you a good rule of thumb. It's not, you know, hundred percent set in stone, but, but close enough. That's good. That's interesting. Yeah. Hey, so let, let me say real quick, you know, I, I made that crack about uh, printing ryegrass and for you guys growing printing ryegrass, you know, there's a lot of things to like about it. Uh, compared to tall fescue though, it's, uh, it needs so many inputs. And so that's why we tend to sh uh, shy away from it a little bit, just because you, you, it needs disease products and, and, you know, whatever, a lot of love that tall fescue doesn't. And so, uh, if you're growing it good on you, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I, I have, <laughs> I have the, uh, my project lawn is turf type tall fescue and I was successful there. So that's, that makes me feel a little bit better, but I might have to smoke everything off and go with that, uh, 365 SS that, that, that looks amazing. Or make sure you have some before you do it. I know I'm thinking <laughs> and I probably should pull the trigger, <laughs> buy it nice. now, buy it and store it. It's easy. It's an easy sell, right? Because there's very few times you can have the same surface on your lawn as the Rose Bowl or, you know, about five different elite stadiums. So it kind of does just sell itself at this point, you know, where it's like, if you want the same thing, you know, you can you can do that. So it's it's kind of neat, you know, depending on what area you are, uh, that it, it can work. It can work for a lot of people. So 
And uh, Adam and Greg, uh, there's a couple people want to know where they can buy Mountain View Sea hats. You guys have a store yeah. for that? Yeah. So we're working on it. We've done it really piecemeal. All we ask people at this point is, you know, buy our grass seed from somewhere and then just get in touch with us, DM us, and, and we'll send you a hat, right? It's pretty easy at this point. Until we get a merchandising merchandise store, you know, we're, we're going to do it as simple as that, you know? So pretty, pretty easy process. And we've had a lot of people take advantage of that and, and we want to keep going with it. So if we like people wearing our stuff and, you know, who knows what we'll bring on next as soon as we sell out of this stuff. But, you know, stuff like the gray hat and the blue hats you got on, I mean, we want to keep it going. People have really responded to this maybe more than anything we've ever done since I've been here, you know, going on four years now. So it's been cool to see. We, we really appreciate all the love from, I mean, from all you guys on everything, you know, but wearing the merch and, and doing all this, it's just cool for us to see. Yeah. Well, we, we appreciate the way you guys support the, the lawn care community. You know, we're just a bunch of crazy people that take care of our lawns and put pictures and videos up on the internet. So, you know, we, we really appreciate, uh, appreciate the support you guys give. So thank you. For yeah, that. absolutely. Do you guys think you, you know, with, with online Instagram, everybody doing, doing everything, these, all these DIY guys, like we are, you know, making a hobby out of it. Do, do, have you guys seen a pretty positive impact in the response from everybody uh, online and, and, you know, and participating in your guys's, um, you know, Instagrams and everything? What's your guys's, uh, you know, how do you guys feel that's going for you as a company and your ability to sell seed and kind of get your name out there? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly more visible, right? Like, I mean, it's been great. Like, we like the feedback. We like talking down to the level that, that you guys are, right? Like, you do, you're do, you doing really high-level stuff, you know, but it's it's at the most basic, you know, residential lawn, right? So, we we like that. Um, it's just really cool to do, right? And and so, you know, anybody where we can have a big impact, I mean, that's, that's the way we want to go as a company. So, it's just, it's cool to hear from all you guys. I mean, you know, you, you can feel the enthusiasm, you know, a lot of times it's, it's business from our side, right? So this is the cool side to, to be able to jump on here and, and to, to try to help you guys more. I mean, you're just curious about grass and, and how you do things. So, I mean, there, there's nobody that we would rather help. And, and it's been neat that in the course of doing that, yeah, we've also gotten our name out and gotten more exposure. And I think more people know us than six months ago or a year ago. So that that's never a bad thing. We just, we just want to keep going with that, you know what I mean? So it's hopefully it won't stop, and we'll just we'll keep big, getting bigger, and bigger. But you know, stay that flexible, cool, grassy company that'll still answer your your DMs and your questions, and still have time for all you guys, right? I mean, I think that's really important for us. So we got the season's just starting and get big. It is the yeah, season's my, just getting. My wife and coworkers appreciate to keep off the grass group because it, it keeps me from talking to them about grass all day. So <laughs> my wife thinks it's the weirdest thing, man. So it, it is cool to be able to come in and she's like, why do you guys care this much about grass? You know, so <laughs> it is fun to have that side where you can turn this off every now and again, but we oh, yeah. talk about this stuff forever. So it's, it's cool to be on here with you guys. I'm sure Greg feels the same way, right, Greg? Yeah, for sure. And it's, you know, I don't have any sales responsibility with my job whatsoever. It's you know, I do research and uh, give a lot of presentations, but I, I talk to guys like you. And so, you know, uh, I don't know if he's on tonight or not, but uh, uh, the turf nerd, if I had a nickel for every DM that he sent me about his uh, soil test this week, I'd be, you know, I've had maybe 50 cents, but uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so, but, but I like that. I, you know, I was an extension at the university and, and I want to help you guys. And so to me, this is just part of giving back and, and uh, 
trying to uh, to make sure you guys are doing right. And I, I talk a lot about, you know, hey, back off your your chemicals and and uh, these funny products that you you put on. And, you know, that's that's what I want to do with my lawn is grow it with as least amount of inputs as I possibly can. You know, just a, a pre-emerge in the spring and a little bit of fertilizer. But uh, but, you know, I, I want to uh, get my message out that, uh, you know, you can have a healthy lawn without a whole bunch of stuff on it. But uh, but for you, those of you guys that are into that, you know, that's OK, too. As long as you're not going crazy with it, way extra fertilizer and stuff like that, you know, it's all good. Have fun. Play with your lawn. Yeah. Do what you want to do. Now you fit Greg's soapbox. <laughs> I had to do it. Uh, for the audience watching, where can we find you? What do you, you know, YouTube, et cetera, Instagram? Yeah, so, we've got, I mean, Twitter, yeah. Facebook, Instagram, we've got a YouTube channel that we should do more with, but you'll see, you know, a number of videos and, and some more in-depth stuff. I mean, we want to do more long form, you know, like YouTube is good for. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, we hope in, in the summertime, you know, we can do some more stuff like, you know, if we get to have our field days in Oregon, you know, this is a, an event where all the distributors come out and they get to see what's new or what we're working on or, you know, breakthroughs or whatever it is that that we're geeking out on, you know, and, and get to see how seed is made. You know, we wanted to show people that last year in the pandemic. So you go to our YouTube channel, you, you can see, I mean, you know, 10 minute videos, 15 minute videos of how seed gets from the field, you know, from the, the research plots you know, through the seed cleaners to you guys. So it, it pulls the, you know, pulls the, uh, the, the shades back on, on what it is we do. Cause a lot of people just, they think it just shows up at their doorstep, you know, and, and there's at least a year's worth of effort from farmers and us and, and just the whole industry and a little small portion of the world that takes care of all that. So we want to shine a light on that. And once people see it, they're like, I had no idea this is the coolest thing ever, you know? So yeah, we, we want to do more of that. Just, just keep talking to you guys, man. It's really neat. Warm yeah. season, you know, folks like yourself, uh, cool season people across the country, we want to be able to do it both. And, and we think we do that well, you know, and it's just, it's continuing to diversify and get better. So we're fortunate to have this platform and, and we want to do right by you guys and just keep making good stuff. Keep making well, good part, part of that too, Adam is uh, the, the grass doctor youtube channel that uh, all that it's about is is you know diy how-to how stuff and uh, i try to break it down as simple as i possibly can for the for the homeowners because uh, there's so many out there that don't have a clue uh that's that's the target audience for that and uh you know it's not to try and sell grass seed or whatever just try to help people to to grow better lawns um and so here's a little plug for that i'm 300 away from a thousand so maybe we can have some big wow. uh, giveaway yeah. once, uh, once that hits a thousand yeah we'll definitely plug i'll you. give you another cool. one right now. yeah yeah no we got a question that. for you groom um dr greg yes sir uh, and everybody you always hear you know how much nitrogen is recommended for the year three four pounds how much nitrogen how much nitrogen what is recommended far as phosphorus? What is recommended far as potassium? Um, in the and another, like I guess, spin on that question is: is somebody who has high phosphorus, do they still need to add a little bit of phosphorus through the year just to keep things going? So, really good questions, Oli. Um, to answer that, the only nutrient that your lawn has to have each year is nitrogen. Everything else depends on your soil test. If you're not soil testing, don't apply anything but nitrogen because you don't know. 
you don't know if your lawn needs PK or micros or anything. Uh, chances are you don't need micros because there's plenty of those in na native soils. But uh, um, so if you're not soil testing, don't apply anything but nitrogen. Um, usually it depends on the kind of grass that you're growing for your nitrogen rate. But fescue, uh, uh, that's the only thing there is. That's the only one. That <laughs> so, you know, for, for a lot of fescue lawns, you know, two pounds of nitrogen per thousand square feet per year is probably plenty. I'd say you're probably putting on a hair more than that, Oli, based on the pictures that I see. But, uh, um, oh, no. but uh, you know, the applying a little bit of P and K, there's really no need to. If your soil test comes back where it's adequate, you've got plenty in the soil to feed that plant. You don't need to apply anymore. Chances are that uh, if you put on uh, potassium, which is a cation, it's going to fill up exchange sites in the soil and you can throw off your uh, your CEC and uh, make it so that uh, there's other nutrients that are just as important, less available. Um, with phosphorus, because we're so concerned with it uh, going into streams and, and ponds and stuff and causing eutrophication or, or algal blooms, uh, you know, if you don't know or if your soil test says you're adequate, applying more is not going to help you plant out. So just stay away from those things if you're if you're not soil test testing or if your soil test says you're adequate, don't apply them. Stick uh, with nitrogen. Are you saying that you should just put 600 pounds per thousand of malorganite just all day every day? <laughs> yes. Lower down. Go <laughs> started with the malorganite, bro. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oops, I was saying that. I don't go my lawn. Six yeah, four zero our, all day every day. That's our gateway drug into this, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, geez. Nice. Well, this was great, guys. I appreciate yeah. the heck out of you guys joining us. This was oh yeah, this was an awesome. awesome. This was a lot of fun. My favorite one yet. We couldn't appreciate more. You guys inviting us. This was fun for us. We yeah. don't get to do a lot of this. So, hey, let's let's wait a little while. If you want to, if you want to do it again, we're more than willing. Um, and I'm sure there'll be a lot of questions. Just get in touch with us, everybody. Anybody's got any more, you know, wants to talk, whatever it is. I mean, yeah, we're happy. We're happy to help. This is it's a really cool forum, and and I'm glad you guys are getting a lot out of it. We get we get just as much. It's been really fun. Yeah, if we didn't get to your question, comment on the YouTube yeah. video when it's dropped. Drop your question, and then um, you know, I'm sure they'll they'll be able to answer it, or we can get it to them, and you know, we can get an answer for you. Or hit us up on social media. We're happy to to chat with you about this stuff. I mean, we really are. It's not just a it's not just a gimmick. It's we we want to talk to you about this stuff. It's fun for us. Thanks awesome. for everybody in the chat for stopping by too. We appreciate you guys coming out and supporting us in MVS. Yeah, yeah. Give it a like and subscribe. And you know, we're we're planning more guests and more special episodes like this. So make sure you're subscribed and hitting the bell so you're getting the notifications. All that all that good stuff. That's it.